Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to this week's Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Helen and I'm here with Sarah. Hi, everyone. And if you are new to the Squiggly Careers podcast, welcome. Just to give you the very brief overview of what you're listening to, it's a weekly podcast to help you with your career thinking and your development. We are now on episode 138, I think, Sarah. So um, if you are new, lots to listen to. And if that seems a bit daunting, on at Amazing If on Instagram, we've been pulling together some Squiggly Careers podcast playlists. It's a bit of a shortcut if you're thinking, oh, I've just found this one and then I'm not sure what to do with the other 137 episodes then actually those podcast playlists might just help you to navigate the episodes in terms of what's most important to you right now we don't normally say like dates and stuff that we're recording but it's tuesday the 7th of april i know that i was going to say as well if you are somebody who's a regular listener thank you for listening to us thank you for all of the support we know that a lot of you recommend this podcast to other people and um that makes us really happy because it means that we can help other people so thank you for spending your time with us so obviously being at home and all of our routines being slightly different and our working patterns not being normal I think work can be feeling a little bit tough I've definitely been going through some ups and downs with work yesterday I was having like a real kind of just a real flat day which is very unlike me and so what I've been trying to do is to focus on the things that are giving me energy and try and spend as much time as I can doing the things that give me energy or at least try and do them as early in the day as possible so it sort of sets me up for the rest of the day so I thought maybe Sarah it would be useful as a bit of a start before we get into this week's topic to share some of the things that give us energy are you up for this of course (laughs) presumably there's only one answer to that question (laughs) yeah like don't, don't 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 fail me now two things that are giving me energy And that I actually really have to prioritise because I find that if I don't, I sort of, yeah, it definitely makes me feel flat. So the first one is making sure I spend time staying curious. And for me, that is particularly like finding time to listen to podcasts, which I might not have the same time because I used to listen to them like on my commute but I still find in the time in my day to listen to podcasts or in an evening rather than just binge watching Netflix or whatever actually making the time to read some new books because I'm finding that when I make the effort to listen to podcasts and read books it helps me to come up with new ideas and then I can use those for the career tips and I just feel better for having spent time in that kind of curiosity zone so that's one of mine and then the second thing that's giving me energy being able to put ideas into action so when Sarah has a little idea for something or something just sparks (laughs) in my mind and I'm like oh I could do that or I could create that 
just on the same day being able to put something live or create a new tool even though that might be a distraction from something else on my to-do list I'm finding it's a distraction that's worth it because I feel like I've achieved something and I've been able to achieve it quite quickly and so that's making me feel really positive so yeah staying curious and putting ideas into action are the two things that are giving me energy during this period what about you? I think for me, doing what Bruce Daisley often calls monk mode, which is where you switch everything off and kind of deep focus on a particular task, which actually can be surprisingly hard to force yourself to do <laughs> because it's you know, it takes more concentration and effort and determination but I think a bit like you actually I don't know what was happening yesterday I had a really flat day yesterday probably my flattest day so far and actually today I reinstated the monk mode and thought right don't even look at my emails don't look at any social media or anything I just sit open up a quite intimidating often a blank word document and to start writing something because that was the kind of thing that I needed to do and actually today I feel much better because I've sort of had two you know relatively short monk mode periods probably of about 90 minutes each but in that period of time I have made really good progress on two things and and feel much better as a result so if you've not tried out monk mode and that's an option or a possibility for you definitely do it it will feel hard but it's worth it I'm definitely working more in kind of sprints and post-it notes I think it's fair to say (laughs) I love that um probably this is where I went wrong a little bit yesterday and I've been doing this really successfully last two weeks and sort of didn't quite stick to it yesterday which is Every time there's kind of an action or an output to deliver on one side of my wall, I write it on a post-it note. And then once I do it, I move it across. And there's something about that physical momentum that I found really useful um, and being able to kind of visualize it. Now, it's not something I ever do any of the rest of the time. I don't even use a notebook lot. I actually keep a lot of things in my head, but I am finding that at the moment it's really useful from kind of a motivation perspective and to kind of, again, map achievement for me which is kind of my my number one value so that that's really good and then my third one which is perhaps a bit surprising is quite enjoying dabbling with a bit of technology and figuring it out I have kind of enjoyed having a bit more space to actually figure out some technology for myself even if Helen is already better at it than me and, and knows how to do it having a little play for myself and just that kind of sense of satisfaction of feeling like you're learning something new to that point of Helen of kind of needing at the moment a couple of personal projects which really you're doing for your own curiosity and learning and they're probably not top priority but in the mix of everything they're quite useful and again I've not really done that this week I've sort of left the kind of little thing I've been experimenting with to kind of one side probably because to be honest Helen had a go at it and did a better job than me straight away (laughs) (laughs) so I need to go back and have a little go at that again and just re-inject I think that energy back into my week. And make sure that you listen all the way through to the end of this week's podcast because at the end we're going to be talking about a competition where you can win a coaching session with either Sarah or myself to help you with your career. So if that's something that you think could be helpful for you right now, might help you with that energy and the bounce or whatever career conundrums you've got right now, that's going to be something that you'll be able to win. And today we're going to be talking about resilience, which I think within squiggly careers, the ups, the downs, the backwards and sideways moves um, are always inevitable. But I think particularly at the moment, it does feel like a good topic to spend some time exploring and thinking about and particularly how you can kind of build your own resilience, what it is, what it isn't and some kind of top tips that hopefully will be useful right now, but will stay useful for whatever happens after where we are at the moment. 
So resilience really, I think, is the ability to bounce back after something hasn't gone to plan, whether that's something that you've maybe been in control of or often it's things that are kind of out of your control. It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. We all have kind of setbacks. Nobody I know has had a straight line to success. Nobody really has had everything go to plan. Certainly, I've never heard any what might seem like seemingly incredibly successful people talk and just say, oh, yeah, it's all been really straightforward. I just made all the right decisions. (laughs) And hey, presto, here we are. And so I think it is important to recognize that resilience is a kind of challenge for everyone. And to be really clear as well about what it's not. So just a few things about kind of what resilient isn't and we shouldn't confuse resilience as this these things. So the first thing is it's not about kind of toughing it out. It's not about trying to have reaching for some sort of perfection or kind of quick fixes. It is about kind of sustainably being able to kind of cope with the kind of the ups and the downs. So it's not this idea of, you know, sometimes people talk about like manning up, which I think is an awful phrase. That's not what it is. That's someone who does that. That's not resilience or certainly not the way we think about it. It's not always about really massive challenges. So I do think sometimes we hear about people talking about resilience when they've had something incredibly tough happen to them. And clearly that has taken a lot of resilience to come back from. But often then that means that we may be diminish what kind of resilience looks like for us I think that's definitely happened to me where some of the tougher times I've experienced I've thought oh yeah but it's nowhere near as tough as that person or this thing that happened and you almost beat yourself up before you even start in terms of why you're not maybe recovering quicker or bouncing back quicker and I think it's just about recognizing that there's kind of smaller daily at the moment kind of resilience that we all need and then there are those kind of bigger moments And finally, unfortunately for all of us, I think though you can become more resilient and it's definitely something that you can learn and there's loads of kind of practical things we're going to talk about that will really help you. What it doesn't mean is that things are always then going to go your way. That squiggliness, I think, is only set to continue for all of us. Really, it's about when that does happen, how well do you cope, how able are you to kind of get back to kind of a positive point and actually even potentially come back stronger having learned kind of new things often if you think about Elizabeth Day's podcast How to Fail which is so popular that's lots of seemingly very successful people talking about just how much they learned from things that haven't gone to plan so you know if nothing else that's a I hopefully kind of reassures all of us that we're kind of not alone when it comes to being needing to kind of be resilient. I think that point about resilience being relative is really important. So not to judge somebody's circumstances as being more significant and therefore that someone has had more resilience than somebody else. I think everybody relates to their own situations slightly differently, but that ability to, you know, to bounce back and to be resilient is quite a sort of personal thing dependent on your situation. So we are going to go through a couple of tips to help you with your own resilience. And the first thing that we want to do is to help you maybe assess your baseline for resilience, like where are you at at the moment? So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk through five statements and I'll say them quite slowly so that you can reflect on them. But as I go through these five statements, imagine that you're scoring them one to five, where one is you don't think you've got a lot of the things I'm about to say. And five is you're like, yeah, I'm good on that one. And the idea here is for you to think about 
how you score across all of the five statements to see whether your baseline's pretty high or pretty low. But also, if there's one of the five statements that you score maybe a bit lower on than another, it might give you some idea of where to focus. So I'm going to go through them now. So the first thing for you to assess is this statement. Do you feel that you have got good support from the people in your life? Second statement is, do you feel comfortable with who you are? The third statement is, are you confident in your ability to cope with challenges? The fourth statement is, are you open with other people when you're experiencing difficulties? And the fifth statement is, do you approach challenges in a calm and considered way? So just think about those five statements. So if you're like, yeah, I've got great support, I'm really comfortable, I'm confident in my abilities, you'd be giving all of those five and obviously you'd get to a score of 25. Or if you've got a score that is lower than 15, that might give you an indication that you have got some areas to focus on here to build your resilience. And if you've just got one of them, that's maybe a three or a two or a one, it's kind of a bit lower, that might give you some insight of where to start first. What I think this does really nicely is it helps you to help yourself. I think resilience is a really big word and means lots of different things. And what this helps you to do is be a bit more specific about where you might want to start. If you're feeling like I need to develop my resilience, but I'm not sure where to start, I think this gives you a good place to kind of build from. If you were doing this exercise, Helen, which where would your scoring come out? Would you be consistent? Is there one that you think you'd have a gap with? Oh, I think the two that I probably got some air to work on, I've good support from the people in my life. I do, but I rely on one or two people very strongly. I don't have, I would say I have broad support. There's a couple of people that I go to for everything. So I think probably I could broaden my support. That might be one uh, because if those people disappeared, mm-hmm. you being one of them, I think I'd struggle. Um, <laughs> and then the other one, maybe the being open with other people when I'm experiencing difficulties. It's not always intentional, but I do have a, sometimes I tough it out you know yeah you you probably hear me say I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine because I'm like oh I'll just get through it I'll just get over it and actually that's probably the breadth of my support and how open I am are probably the two things that might hold back my resilience what about you mine would definitely be the open with others one as well but I think in a different way to you I think because I'm introverted the bigger the difficulty ironically the less likely I am to talk about it and the more likely I am to kind of withdraw into my own head and disappear into kind of my own mind, essentially. So actually, it's an interesting one for me, because I think I've I've spotted it, I've learned this really the hard way through experience. I think sometimes you do have to <laughs> experience things not going to plan, realise what you didn't do, or what you hadn't done, and, and how unhelpful that was to think, okay, well, I would probably do that differently again next time. And that's definitely the case for me with that one, because I can think of a couple of examples where I sort of wasn't open with the people that are the closest to me. Therefore, they couldn't really help me. They can't help you kind of be more resilient. And and I do find that very difficult. But I think now, because I know that about myself, it doesn't necessarily make it easier. But I just know that that I can spot the warning signs and I can at least attempt (laughs) to try and kind of overcome that one. So that's always the one that I'm on high alert for where... I sort of know I'm really worried about something actually if I stop talking about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and therefore that's sometimes the prompt to then think okay well how can I talk about it and actually for me and I was reading um I'm rereading Quiet at the moment by uh, Susan Cain which is all about introverts and how introverts respond to different situations and one of the things that she writes about is introverts are often more comfortable expressing their ideas in writing now that's not always the case for me but I do think actually I was connecting these two different ideas together 
that when I'm experiencing something particularly hard, I think I feel more comfortable talking about it in a kind of written way, as in writing stuff down to share with somebody than I would talking to someone. So that's just like a really small technique that I've come up with, which helps me to be more open and builds my resilience but doesn't rely on me having to move really far from my comfort zone in a time where often you're having a hard time anyway. So it's a really big ask for you to do that. Also, amazing thought for a manager. Like if you're managing an introvert and you're thinking, oh, I want them to feel comfortable with me, actually saying maybe before a one-to-one or a conversation, like, why don't you email me where your head's at and what support you need might help that introvert to step into a zone that might feel quite uncomfortable with sharing and asking for help. So a really mm. good tip. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So the second tip is by another Susan, the theme today, a lady called Susan David, who's also a kind of researcher, and she looks at emotional resilience. And she was recently featured on TED Daily. So TED are currently doing some daily interviews, which are are really worth listening to. And her kind of talk is all about how can you develop emotional agility? So really, it's about that's how you build kind of resilience in terms of your emotional response. And she's actually about to launch a new podcast, which I think has just started called Checking In, which I thought was a nice name. Um, So if this is a topic that I think particularly connects with you, it's very easy to kind of dig a little bit deeper into kind of the things that she has to say. But I'm going to kind of summarise three or four things that really struck me that might be useful um, for everybody kind of right now on this work. The first one is this idea of avoiding I'll be happy when statements. Mm -hmm. And I think... We've probably talked about this before because, yeah, when we talk about squiggly careers, we talk about moving away from this idea of specific destinations, of moving into exploring possibilities versus concrete plans. But particularly at the moment, I think there's a real risk and a kind of tendency for us to think back to how things were three, four weeks ago and to maybe be placing too much emphasis and pressure on ourselves to think, oh, I'll be happy when this thing is kind of back in my life or I'll be happy when everything was back the way it was before. And her point is, for most of us, the likelihood is you won't be happier when, even if you do have a slight moment of kind of happiness when something returns or when you achieve a kind of goal or an outcome, it's almost like a spike. 
And actually, where people are at their happiest are things like where they're ongoing, building really strong relationships. Back to that point, Helen was saying around, do you have kind of good support in your life? If you're thinking about the moment, your emotions are a bit kind of all over the place. Just avoid falling into the trap, I think, of thinking, oh, it'll all be okay when. Once we're back to this thing, all of the kind of challenges that maybe I'm experiencing right now are just going to disappear because that's probably maybe a false sense of security or certainly kind of she would argue that. And I can actually see how I could fall into that trap now. I'm actually quite a visionary person, as in I think about the future. I like thinking about the future. I find it motivating. I find it interesting. Whereas actually at the moment, I think we need to kind of be more about the now because the future is so uncertain. So that's kind of the first one. The second one is to approach your emotions with curiosity. So rather than beating ourselves up or blaming ourselves for feeling a certain way, ask yourself, why do I think I'm feeling this way? And what Susan David talks about is often we feel certain ways because it's a clue to the things that we care about. So let's say at the moment, Helen, who is much more extroverted than I am, might be at times feeling lonely and might be thinking, oh, I feel really lonely. Oh, but now I feel guilty for feeling lonely because there are people in much worse situations than me who perhaps can't even spend time with their family. And you know, and you can get yourself into kind of quite quickly into a bit of a spiral in your kind of emotions, which often isn't that useful to us. Whereas what Helen could do is think, okay, that's interesting that I'm feeling lonely at the moment. What that reminds me or what that tells me I really care about is connection, is connecting with different people. And, you know, and I know that about myself because I'm an extrovert. And then you can start to think about, A, it just might improve your self-awareness, which is always useful for all of us. But then you might start to think about what the small actions that you can kind of take right now to maybe address some of those feelings. And that's the third tip that she talks about, which is in terms of taking action, find, she calls them tiny tweaks, which Mm -hmm. I thought was quite cute. It's quite a cute little name. Find the tiny tweaks that you can make in your day-to-day life that give you more emotional resilience. She definitely doesn't advocate kind of big emotional kind of changes of going from not caring about people to really caring. It's definitely not kind of big black or white changes. It's much more about all of the small things that you can do that just will build your emotional agility. So she actually talks about, um, because she's done this interview pretty recently, with all the things that are going on at the moment, the tendency to almost like overwatch the news because I think we're all kind of desperate for more information. People are looking for certainty, for security. Whereas actually one of the things you might want to do is think, well, I'm only going to watch the news once in a day at the end of a day. Or you could do something like, think about well is now the time to turn off my notifications I did see actually a really funny and it was very much kind of tongue-in-cheek a funny summary of what someone's day now looked like where they were saying things like oh they get a whatsapp message from one family group sharing a meme about what it's like to work at the moment and then their friend whatsapp group shares the same meme 10 minutes later (laughs) and then by the end of the day someone else has shared the 10 top tips from working from home and then the next day someone shares the same thing and actually the amount of information overload at the moment apparently is kind of higher than it's ever been because because we're almost having having to and wanting to connect with people in kind of new ways but all through technology the amount of like incoming is actually is overwhelming I mean Um, I have had have you had that I have had far too many I mean they've been sent with nice intent but so many links to worksheets and things that I should be doing with my children I'm like not another worksheet or request to paint a rainbow like I'll be really (laughs) honest I've had a lot of them (laughs) 
And so I think just thinking about that and giving yourself a break, it's almost, I think, about protecting your emotions and giving yourself the mental headspace to be able to do the work that you want to be doing or kind of trying to do. And with with so much stuff happening, just thinking, what are all those tiny tweaks I can do? Like for the first time ever, I will admit to, I've muted like WhatsApp groups because I've just thought I can't kind of have that level of messaging in my life. (laughs) It's like, it is too much. And the amount of quizzes that people are sending. And it sounds silly. And of course, in the scheme of things, it is. But if you are already feeling a bit overwhelmed, those things can just kind of almost serve to, like you say, put even more pressure on you. So three tips from kind of Susan David on emotional resilience. Avoid I'll be happy when statements. Approach things with curiosity and think about what it is that you might care about. And the third one is action, tiny tweaks in your day that will just help to build your emotional agility. I love it. It's like the awareness action thing's lovely. So the third thing from us uh, is something that I actually did as a career tip a while ago, and it's from Tim Ferriss, and it's something that he calls fear setting. And he actually did a whole TED talk on this where he talks it through. So we'll put that into the links on amazingif.com so you can kind of go and find it. But the concept of fear setting is that often the fear of something happening can really affect our resilience. So it's almost like we think, oh gosh, this is going to happen. It's going to be really, really bad. And we either don't take the action or it gets so overwhelming in our minds that it affects our ability to cope with it because we really, we overthink it, we overanalyze it, we overworry about it and it just basically affects our ability to cope with it in the situation. Now, what fear setting is, is it basically makes you acknowledge what you are worried about and turns it into something that you can think through in a really logical way, which sort of appeals to my brain at least. Um, So the way that you do this is you define find the fear then you think about how you can prevent it and then you think about how you can repair it if the worst thing happens so for example I might say a fear that I might worry about is oh my gosh will we ever work with organizations again will amazing if ever be the same business again (laughs) and I might worry and worry and worry about that and that might affect my resilience in in terms of how I lead the business so what I would do is I'd then think about okay if that's my fear I'm just going to acknowledge that that is something that I am worried about I'm going to just put it on a piece of paper and acknowledge it then I'm going to think about what could I do to prevent that fear so I get really practical and think you know I could do x y and z and we could do all this stuff and then I think about okay what if the worst thing happened what if that is the reality how would I repair it what would I do differently if that fear came true And what it means is that you can be more resilient if something does happen, but it also means that you can kind of be more responsive in the moment because you're you're potentially preventing it. And if it does happen, you know, you know what you're going to do in that situation. And effectively, you just get the fear out of your head where it gets magnified and can really start to absorb you. And it's not, it's just not productive. So I think it helps you to be more responsive and more resilient, both in your brain and then in the moment when this stuff actually comes to bear. And then the final tip we've got for you on building your resilience is about investing in what we call your support solar system. So this is actually one of the concepts that we talk through in Squiggly Career, our book, but I'll do my best to kind of bring it to life for people listening as well. And hopefully it's relatively straightforward and you can kind of create this for yourselves. But as the kind of the name suggests in terms of the solar system, this is thinking about all the different levels of support that you have and how much support you are giving versus how much support you are receiving and just what does the balance of that support system look like so the thing that we encourage you to do is think about first of all just list all of the people that you're giving support to 
and then all of the people you're getting support from. And then after you've done that, look at the frequency with which you're giving and receiving that support. And is it weekly, monthly, every couple of months or kind of more infrequent than that? And the reason for plotting both the who, but also the frequency is just to look at how balanced is that system right now? If, for example, you're somebody who you might be kind of giving lots of support very kind of frequently, that takes an awful lot of energy and it puts an awful lot of kind of onus and kind of pressure on you to kind of be that person. And I think we all recognise and know those people, you know, the kind of go to people who are just they're brilliant listeners, they're always supportive, they probably kind of take a lot of the burden of other people. I actually think my sister is one of these people. I think if you are, she's a beautician and I think she does a lot of listening and a lot of kind of absorbing and supporting what people's problems are and the things that they're kind of grappling with in a really kind of frequent way because it's almost part of her day job to do that. But, you know, if you are that kind of person, just think about are you also getting enough support from people as well because, you know, you can actually end up in almost quite an imbalanced way of giving a lot but not getting enough for yourself and also think about where that support comes from so it is useful for that support to be a mixture of family friends and work colleagues maybe people you work with today but perhaps also people you've worked with in the past and again some of the challenges that sometimes people have when we do this exercise in workshops is they realize that a lot of their support perhaps comes from their family and friends but maybe not enough of that support comes from work from people they work with And the reason you want it to kind of be balanced in every which way is that people you work with understand your context better than friends and family ever can. And so having some people who know you really well, but also know the environment you're operating in, perhaps they know your industry or your job, also means that people can be more kind of specific often about the support that they can give you. Friends and family tend to be very, very kind of generically supportive without doing them a disservice. But it is really hard for somebody to then be supportive in a specific way unless they kind of really understand your world so really this is just a way of it's almost kind of getting quite forensic about your support system which is probably very typically us um (laughs) and really kind of like mapping it out you can tell that Helen designed this I think it's a very kind of practical and useful way of just thinking about who you currently kind of have around you does that look and kind of feel right And then what are some of the changes that you might want to kind of make just to kind of help you build up your resilience? As a really specific example right now, one of the things that I'm really thinking about is lots of my mentors are people that I would always see one-to-one in person because that's certainly my preference as to kind of how to build relationships. And I think I'm going to need to make more of an effort to think about who could mentor me now, both my existing mentors and maybe some new mentors, and actually doing that virtually, kind of making that happen, which doesn't feel comfortable to me because it's not my preference in terms of relationship building. But I think it will really support my resilience to make that happen. I think it's really important to me that that does happen and not to kind of neglect that. Otherwise, I could easily come out of the next two or three months actually having not had any of those kind of conversations. But those are the conversations that help to build my resilience. 
Did that's that all a make really sense? good reflection yeah it totally makes sense and I was also thinking that it's probably a good time for me to repeat that exercise because if I reflect on when I said oh actually one of the things that might hold me back in being resilient is having good support in the people in my life and I said it was maybe because it wasn't broad enough actually remapping my support solar system might help me to understand where I've got some of the gaps so I'm going to take that as an action from today but let me just summarize for you all the four tips that we believe are going to help you to build your resilience so the first thing was about assessing your steady state of resilience and we asked you those five questions so the second thing was about thinking about your emotional agility those are the tips that Sarah shared from Susan David then it was about fear setting so understanding you know what's the worst that could happen how would you respond to it and that last thing's about you know really investing in your support solar system so we hope that has helped you hopefully there's quite a few things to reflect on there we've also got loads of resources loads of them this week there's some really really good ones honestly some of them I was like you could spend hours here they're so helpful so I think if it does feel like something you think you know I do need this help right now maybe I'm having more flat days than I am kind of like peaks then this might be the thing for you to focus on we will put all of the resources on amazingif.com just go to the podcast tab and you'll find them there we'll also put some of this stuff onto amazingif's instagram page so go there and you'll find this stuff too There are also some other podcasts that we have done that specifically might be useful for you. So number 83 was about how to build your confidence support system. So we talked this through in a little bit more depth and you'll get some more insights into that support system Sarah talked about. And episode 113 is also about how to respond when work goes wrong. So there's a few more tips and tools that will help you in that. Right at the start of the podcast, I mentioned a competition as well. Uh, So the competition that we've got for you is the opportunity to win a coaching session with Sarah and I. So it'll be a one-to-one virtual coaching session either you can pick which one of them and we won't be offended if you want the other one it's absolutely yeah. fine hopefully you can just say to people just pick and then i'll be <laughs> absolutely distraught <laughs> okay maybe pick sarah because because <laughs> <laughs> i'm too sensitive yeah so um like i said this will be a really good opportunity if you think oh actually i'd really like to talk to one of you and talk this stuff through it's confidential we will help you to hopefully get some insight and most importantly take some action we're going to be running this on instagram so just go to the at amazing if page on instagram Instagram. It will all be live on the day that this podcast goes out. So you'll be able to see what you need to do to enter that competition. And hopefully that might be something that can help some of you. And next week, I'm going to be without Sarah. I'm sorry, Sarah. I've dumped you in favour oh, of... <laughs> Only just, for a week. Just at the moment where I need you the most. <laughs> sorry, yeah. <laughs> we just talked about support systems and I'm like, you're just like, right, oh, see you later. I'm in your support system, but you're dumping me. Fine, fine. But it's because <laughs> I'm going to talk about rebel ideas with Matthew Syed. I know, I'm so excited. I went to his so book excited. launch on YouTube last week. Did you love it? Yeah, I think he's just... He's really smart, very articulate, and I think his ideas go way beyond business, but are very relevant to everybody at work. Oh, well, that that was a that was a sell, wasn't it? So you're going to get to hear from him on the Squeaky Chris podcast next week. Um, So yeah, we're going to be talking about ideas and intelligence in organisations, and you know, combating silos. So I'm very excited to share that with you. So that's next week's. And thank you to everybody who's listened to this today, and everyone who continues to listen to the Squiggly Career podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And if you have got a few spare minutes in your day, we would love it if you could rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. They are all the things that help us to keep going keep reaching and helping more people so if you have chance we would really appreciate it but that is where we will leave this week and we'll be back with you next week thanks so much for listening everyone bye for now
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.